This episode of the Dope Yogi podcast is sponsored by the Dope Yogi Virtual Yoga Studio. With Dope Yogi, you can practice wherever you are, whenever you need. Experience the benefits of your yoga practice from any device, at home, or on the go. The Dope Yogi community membership is for all beings everywhere. No matter your experience level, this is a space you can come to find balance and to build inner and outer strength. We know that it can be hard to find time for practice, so we've created an online yoga community for you to access 24-7 at your convenience. Explore different styles of yoga, guided meditations, and posture tutorials from anywhere in the world. We have over 85 on-demand yoga classes ranging from 10 minutes to 60 minutes with new classes added each week. In addition to the on-demand yoga library, members have access to three live Zoom classes every week with me, Nicole. Most importantly, we're here to make yoga accessible for anybody that needs it. While this is a paid monthly membership, we understand that not everybody can afford the full $50 a month, so we'd like you to know that we also offer sliding scale memberships. Please reach out to us at info at so we can help get you set up with a price point that's affordable for you. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Dope Yogi Podcast. Today we are here with our friend Dan Herter from directhemp.com. Welcome to the podcast, Dan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here with us. And just we're gonna learn all of the things about CBD today. And hemp. And hemp. Yeah. yeah CBD I'm, and hemp. I'm excited yeah, to educate. I ha- I mean, what a great time to educate us because this industry is blowing up right now. And I think it can be, um, there's a lot of misinformation of everything on the internet, (laughs) in the media. And I think that it's important to have an expert to really talk to us and talk us through what are the differences in hemp, CBD, like what are the benefits, you know, we'll get into all of that, but, um, we're really excited to have you here. So you guys listening in, um, Dan owns a company called directhemp.com and they are pretty much a CBD marketplace. So it's a place that you can go via the internet and they carry all of the best CBD products and brands. Um, and so I don't know, is it kind of like the Amazon of CBD? Kind of. Uh, yeah, we, we try to make it really easy to shop. Um, so we'll get into some of these vocab words uh, in a bit, but you know, CBD products are made with either a broad spectrum extract or a full spectrum extract, or sometimes just the, the isolated version of CBD. And we clearly lay that out on all our products. So you can see exactly how it's made, if it's vegan, um, all the other information that'd be important to you as a buyer, you can see all right there. Um, and it just makes it really easy to decide what, what product is best for you. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. So um, how did you get into CBD? 
Yeah. So um, in the industry, I'm actually, I've been called a dinosaur because I've been in so long and it's such a young industry. I got in uh, in 2015. Um, a friend was actually starting a CBD company in Colorado and I went out to their grand opening. And at their grand opening, they had a family where there was a child with um, Dravet syndrome. And Dravet syndrome is a very specialized form of epilepsy. And this particular child was experiencing upwards of 60 to 70 seizures a day. Um, and it was um, completely paralyzing to both him and, and his family. Uh, they had to be um, taking care of him at all times. And after taking CBD oil, he, about two weeks later, um, had diminished to six or seven seizures a week. Um, and wow. he was, he had motor function established that he had never had. He was able to clap his hands. He was able to watch a baseball game on TV. And, um, I was able to go out to dinner with his family and talk to him. And I was just blown away about, you know, how, how can this, this little oil make such a huge difference? Um, and so I knew I had to get involved. I knew I needed to learn more. And so I went back home and I started researching, you know, what is CBD? How does it work? And that's when I found, um, what I talk about probably almost more than CBD is the endocannabinoid system. Um, so just like we have a respiratory system, just like we have a nervous system, we all are born with an endocannabinoid system in us and it's responsibility in our body is to bring us to homeostasis or to bring us to balance. And so for me, that was so shocking. I think I was 24, 25 at the time. Um, it was so shocking to me that I'm finding out about an entire system in my body that no one had ever told me about, like going 25 years without knowing how your lungs work or how your respiratory system works. Like it was just like, so amazing to me. So yeah, like the function that you didn't even know existed. Yeah, exactly. So for me, it was, that really ignited a passion of like, I need to tell people about this. People need to know that we have this. And so um, I started reselling that friend's products. Uh, I was living in Kansas City at the time. And I started reselling that friend's products. And um, I had I gave some to my friend's parents, and they both received uh, relief from their their back pain by using it. And it was just amazing to me that for all these different little things, um, I had friends using it for anxiety. I had friends using it for hangovers. I had friends using it for all different types of things that wouldn't seem connected in any way. Um, and I was like, how does this all work by this one little ingredient? Um, and really, it all goes back to the endocannabinoid system. And what you're doing when you take CBD is you're stimulating that system. And that system's what actually produces the results and, um, makes, brings your body back to balance and, um, provides the relief. So, um, that's how I got started. <laughs> wow. So is it like a, like chicken or the egg situation? Like if you go back millions of years, was it, was it like we started using it and developed the system? I know. Or is it I know. Like that's what I like about it. Everything? That's what I like about it. You know, I was born and raised in Kansas, so I was kind of in, in the middle of a Bible belt. Um, and I was born in, raised on creationism and um, obviously evolution was then taught in schools. And to me, either way you look at it, either God created us and he put this endocannabinoid system in it, or we evolved to respond to cannabinoids and we evolved to have the system. So um, really either way you look at it, it, it's in place for a reason. And it's kind of our responsibility to um, figure out how to optimize that system and, and allow it to benefit it benefit us the most. Mm -hmm. 
So you threw yourself full on into the CBD and I can see why, I mean, the experience with the child and his parents, I mean, that's just, that's something that's life changing. Yeah, definitely. You see that in person. And, um, did you just immediately just go all in on it? I wanted to. Um, I had a uh, software consultant job at the time that was paying me very well for just getting out of college not too um, not too long previously, and so um, I stayed really close. I, I would sell it um, on wholesale and educate on it um, when I was not working my nine to five, and then eventually I had built myself up to becoming um, to have enough job security at my job where they would let me work remote from anywhere I wanted. And so then I moved out to Colorado once I had that and moved into a friend's basement and actually helped him uh, build a CBD company while I was still working my other job until it got to the point where um, I could collect a salary from that and uh, quit my other job. So um, it was a, a slower process. It took me probably about a year after that, um, meeting that child and, and going back and selling it to fully go into the industry, move to Colorado and, and really dive in head first. Um, but that in that time, I really just educated myself as much as I could on, you know, what is the endocannabinoid system? Who found it? Um, what do we know about it? Uh, how are other ways we can stimulate it outside of CBD? And um, that was really just it, the passion just kept growing from there. Well, that's so great. I mean, it's I think it's so inspiring to hear stories of people that have found um, industries that they're actually passionate about to just dive right in. And it's something that you have obviously seen firsthand that works for other people. And I'm sure that you use it in your daily life as well. I, can, I can't imagine <laughs> that you don't. Um, but so maybe for some of our listeners that are tuning in that you've maybe heard about this, there's a big, you know, CBD hype right now, mm -hmm. but you maybe don't know what it is. Can you give us kind of just a, like the basics of what, if you had to explain it, you know, in a explain it to a five-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, exactly. <laughs> what is CBD? <laughs> Got it. Um, so CBD is basically an ingredient that comes from the cannabis plant. Um, so the cannabis plant is a plant and it comes um, full of these ingredients and these ingredients, we call them cannabinoids. Uh, the one that we actually know the most about is THC. Um, that's the uh, ingredient in cannabis that is psychoactive. It's, it produces a high when users use it. Um, and cannabis plants that are full of THC or above 0.3% are known as marijuana legally. Cannabis plants that have less than that 0.3% THC are known as hemp. Um, and when a cannabis plant grows, if it's high in THC, it's going to be low in CBD. And if it's high in CBD, it'll be low in THC. They're, uh, they move in, in ratio like that. So uh, a hemp plant um, that grows high in, in CBD, it's, it's just one cannabinoid. So it's just one ingredient in that plant is CBD. Um, you can then extract that ingredient and make different products with it. So um, a lot of people will see tinctures, which is um, really CBD mixed with some type of carrier oil, whether it's MCT oil or hemp seed oil or even olive oil or grapeseed oil. Um, and then now a lot of people are kind of mixing it in with everything. So you have gummies and edibles and you have um, even cosmetic 
products and you have topicals and lotions and creams and um, a little bit of everything. So really CBD is just one component of the cannabis plant or the hemp plant that you can extract and, and consume and um, use it to stimulate your endocannabinoid system. Well, that is a great explanation. Thank you. So is the endocannabinoid system, is that one of the more recent systems that we found in our body or is, have we always known about it and kind of- I think it's the most just, recent. I think it's the most recent. Okay. Uh, I think we knew of the internal system in like 1990 or 1991, right around there was the first time that we knew about it. Um, and it all started with, um, there's a great documentary on YouTube. Uh, if you want to learn more about it, it was one of the first things I watched that really educated me. Uh, it's called The Scientist, and it's about Dr. Raphael Meshulam. Uh, Raphael Meshulam is a scientist from Israel um, who studied cannabis his whole life, and he was the first one to isolate THC and understand that that's what got people high from marijuana. Um, and so after he had isolated THC, he also was able to isolate CBD. And as they were doing studies on these different compounds in like rats' brains and in different ways of looking how it reacts, um, they noticed these receptors going off in the brain that were responding to these cannabinoids, THC and CBD. And um, he looked at that and he was like, well, if these receptors are responding to an outside source um, drawn from a plant, it probably was in place because of an internal source. Um, and so that was when they went on a search for our own internal cannabinoids that we produce and they were successful. They found uh, two cannabinoids that we naturally produce. Um, so not trying to get too complicated, but so CBD and THC are phytocannabinoids, right? Because they come from a plant. So phyto being plant, phytocannabinoid. Um, our endocannabinoids are endogenous cannabinoids, cannabinoids that we make. And there's two that we know of for sure that we have studied. There's others that are coming out and we're learning more about. But the two that we know the most about are called um, 2-AG and anandamide. And um, anandamide was the first one discovered. And it was actually, um, it comes from Sanskrit of ananda, which comes from, which means bliss. So it's known as the bliss molecule. It's responsible for happiness and, and serotonin creation and things like that. So when you go back into the sixties and seventies, when the term runner's high was coined, that's what they thought was going on. They thought endorphins were rushing into your body after a good run or a good workout. It's not true. What is actually happening is you're increasing your own level of endocannabinoids like 2-AG and anandamide, and you're feeling your endocannabinoids being produced. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, so that's what runner's high really is. I really thought runner's high was a thing uh, till literally five seconds ago. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. so cool. <laughs> um, okay, so you in, if you're ingesting CBD or using a tincture or the rub... Does that stimulate those internal cannabinoid receptors? Yes. So um, the two receptors that we know of, we call them CB1 and, and CB2. Um, CB1 receptors are found in your brain, and THC works mainly on those receptors. Uh, and then the CB2 are all throughout your body, um, and that's what CBD really works on. So um, 
they do work synergistically. There is, there is some reason to um, have them both together and have both THC and CBD. Um, they definitely both have shown to have medicinal effects, um, but you don't need them both for, to find relief. So a lot of people will tell you about the entourage effect and you have to have THC for CBD to work. And it's just not true. Um, when you look at scientific studies to study anything scientifically, you have to isolate it so that you know that this is what's making the difference. And there's thousands of studies on what CBD can do. So, um, you don't need them both, but as with anything, kind of a shotgun approach, if you're taking 10 cannabinoids, then you're going to have a better chance at relief than just taking one. That's so cool. Well, I want to, can I ask really quick a question, Mm -hmm. um, on just on that, because earlier today on Instagram, I asked, um, our followers if there were any questions that they had specifically for you. And because this is directly related to what you're talking about, I want to ask you these questions later, but somebody said, somebody asked, does smoking THC all the time make CBD less effective? Asking for a friend. No, it doesn't. Um, actually the other way around. Taking CBD all the time would make your THC less effective. Um, So if, again, not trying to get too complicated, but CBD and THC are just two cannabinoids. Um, There is something like 120 cannabinoids total that we know of. So there's CBD, there's THC, there's CBG, there's CBC, there's THCV, THCA, CBDA. There's all these other cannabinoids that we're just really Mm -hmm. starting to learn and understand. Um, And that was the other thing that made me really excited when I was getting into this is like, I'll be long gone before we have it all figured out. So it's just going to be constant new information coming out. Mm -hmm. So THC... Um, CBD can actually diminish the effects of, of THC. Um, so if, if you're a person who maybe had never used THC before and you traveled to Colorado and it's legal there and you try a gummy and uh, maybe you're having a bad experience, probably a good idea to uh, take some CBD and, and kind of lessen those effects of, of the THC that you had. Um, and what we're finding now is another cannabinoid, CBG, um, is really good for that as well, um, taking down the effects of, of THC. That is amazing. That's really cool because, yeah. you know, those some of those um, edibles or gummies, um, they just hit different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I've had I had these little pills and I took one before a flight. It was a long flight, like <laughs> a 18 hour flight. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. Fine. And then I took the same pill like nine hours into the flight. And it was, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I mean, I was, I I was getting to the point where I was like, how do planes work? Because I'm kind of freaking out. (laughs) I was like, I'm not a physicist, but I've got questions. And, uh, it's just, I wish I would have had like a CBD pill. I could have just something just to pop in and really just like relax that. Yeah. I had a a very similar experience. Um, my first time moving to Colorado, I was actually working for this CBD company and um, it was pretty liberal there at the time. Um, the CFO was an older gentleman that used to be a professional skier, so he had all kinds of knee pain. And he would do dabs in his office of, of THC extract. Um, so he was like, do you want to try one? And it's like noon, and I'm like <laughs> supposed to be working. And I was like, sure, like this old guy's doing it. I'll be fine. I was not fine. 
I stared at my computer for like three hours, just like swearing to myself, I'd never use marijuana again. And like, this is awful. And I remember I ran out of my office and I was like, someone with CBD, give it to me now because I had already known that information <laughs> and it definitely helps a little bit, but and your first dab, there's, there's really nothing like that. <laughs> it's there's literally nothing, nothing. like that. Uh, <laughs> like not even in like the world of psychedelics. Yeah. I feel like it's just on an, it's a different, it's another thing. Yeah. There is a place in town in Nashville. I, I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but uh, it is a luxury CBD bar. Okay. Because in Tennessee now it's uh, CBD's legal. Mm-hmm. And this will actually lead to some of my other questions. Um, but you can go in there and they uh, they do CBD dab flights. Yeah. Uh, I've never I've never done it, but what have you done one of those? Or what's what do you think that'd be like? Yeah, no, I've uh, I've dabbed a few different types of CBD. Um, you know, anecdotally for me, it just it balances me out, um, makes me feel a bit better. I uh Specifically, the time I tried, it was a um, a strain of cherry wine, which is a very popular hemp strain that's grown. Um, it was a cherry wine extract, and um, it's like 80% CBD, I think it was. And I had um, gone to Red Rocks that night to see a show, and I had um, three or four of those big beers. I was, I was definitely feeling them when I got home, um, and I took a dab of cherry wine cbd and 20 seconds later i was like i don't i don't feel inebriated anymore like at all <laughs> like i feel good um and it was just wow. it just like bounced me out and made me feel sober honestly and so um again that's pretty anecdotal i don't know if, if everyone's experience would be that way but that's how it was for me that's really cool uh this is great information because you know we've been in the not the THC business, but we know it's our business to know about (laughs) THC. So it's one of those things where it feels really weird not to know about this part of the plant and, and, and really understand it. And so now in in Tennessee, it's legal. And with that, the regulations aren't very strict. So how, how do you protect yourself uh, and get good CBD. I mean, they, they're selling it at gas stations. They're selling it at uh, little shops, smoke shops, everywhere. So what? You can, yeah, literally buy it everywhere. Yeah. So shameless plug, directhemp.com is a great option. Um, but really what you're going to be looking for when you're shopping is you want to know the source. Um, so one thing that hemp's amazing at, but it also can be a drawback, is a process called phytoremediation. So what that means is when hemp grows, it can clean up the soil. It sucks in whatever is in the soil around it up into the plant itself. Um, so some scientists have have um, said, hey, let's grow hemp in uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima and clean up some of the nuclear radiation out of the soil and stuff that way. So in that way, it's great, right? We can actually use it to restore the earth and, and to clean up the environment. Um, at the same time, there's a flip to that coin to where if you're growing hemp in a heavily industrialized area that has heavy metals in the soil and everything else, then the hemp's going to get all those heavy metals and lead and everything else. 
then when you extract the CBD from that hemp and put it into a product, you'll still have traces of those heavy metals. Um, if it's not grown organically, you could have traces of the pesticides. And so you, the source is, is the main thing is how is the hemp grown? Is it grown organically? Where is it grown? Um, there's a ton of, there's a ton of hemp coming from China and obviously China's very heavily industrialized. Um, and there's only one province that I know of, I believe it's the Shenzhen province where they grow their hemp organically and it's really good. Um, other than that, if it's coming out of China, I probably wouldn't touch it, um, especially for consumable. Um, most of the hemp they grow is better for textiles and fabric and things like that. Uh, so you want to you wanna know where it's coming from. And then um, it's industry standard now. It's not standard in every industry, like going to a GNC to buy supplements, you couldn't do this. But with CBD, this is standard where you can ask for what's called a COA. Um, and a COA is just a um, blanket on the name because uh, I call it COA all the time. It's just a certificate of authenticity or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it's an, an analysis and it shows you exactly what's in the product. And so there's five different panels of CB COAs. You can have a potency COA. So that'll tell you how much CBD is in there, how much THC is in there. Is it under the legal limit or over the legal limit of THC? Uh, then you have microbial COAs, which tells you, is there mold in here? Is there E. coli? Is there anything like that? Obviously, you want all those to be negative. Um, then you have your heavy metals and your residual COA, which shows you, is there any heavy metals or, or anything in there? And then uh, your pesticide COA, which shows you if there's any pesticides that have come over. Um, and then solvent. So when you're taking CBD from the hemp plant, you have to use a solvent of some sort. So um, some people use ethanol, but you can use hexane, pentane, and, and things like that, which is fine as long as you remove that solvent after you're done extracting. Um, and sometimes some labs don't get it all the way cleaned up. Um, and that's why it's just important to look at the COA and um, be able to see like all the COA, the potency is what it says it is, and all the other tests come up negative, so I'm not getting anything I don't want. Um, and those are those are pretty good ways of, of um, knowing that the CBD you're buying is good. And obviously, you can't do that at a gas station. So rule of thumb, just don't buy CBD from a gas station. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I figured. So does that apply to like um, smoke shops and that kind of thing? I mean, if, if somebody were interested in if they'd never taken CBD before and they want to start incorporating this into their daily routine of supplements where where how other than directtemp.com mm -hmm. go to directtemp.com but um if they were just going to walk into uh, let's say a, a store how could they know the good quality versus the lower grade quality mm -hmm. of the product um, that one's gonna be hard. So, um, you know, you have a lot of companies out there that hide behind very pretty websites, um, that have very well, well written copy and, um, it behind the scenes, it's not the same. Right. And so, right. um, you yeah. also have great companies that are customer focused that keep their prices very, very low so that mo their customers can access it and have, have the CBD that they need. So it's not one of those things where you can just, you know, if you're at the grocery store and you're buying like sugar or something like, Oh, if it's higher price, it's gotta be higher quality. Right. Uh, it's definitely not one of those things. Um, there's a lot of companies out there that just price it high because they can, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's good. So, um, like I said, it is pretty industry standard to be able to ask for those COAs. So even if you're at a smoke shop or something like that, um, they should be able to pull it up on their computer or their 
iPad or whatever they have with them and, and show you the COAs um, because that's really going to be your source of truth. And, and that came out of a place of necessity from the early days of the industry um, because there was just there's no regulations. It was, it was the wild, wild west. Um, it was a free for all. You had people making tinctures in their garage and their basement and slapping labels on it and, and selling it. And, um, it, it became a necessity to ask for COAs because there was just so much going on and, and there was no other way of knowing that the product you're buying is quality product with free from all the stuff that you don't want. Yeah. Oh, certificate so- of analysis. So basically okay. <laughs> they need to be doing their research. They need to be, if you're interested in, in starting to take CBD regularly, just do some back. Just do a little research. Yeah. Yeah. Find, I mean, there's so many great companies out there. Um, we don't even carry all the great companies I would like to on direct hemp yet. Um, so there's, there's just so many great companies and doing research. If they have a batch lot system, if they have expiration dates on their product, um, if they're, can tell you where the hemp comes from, where it's being grown, things like that. If you can find all of those information, those are normally pretty good signs that you're dealing with a good company. Um, On directhemp.com, do you have uh, resources explaining this stuff or is it just strictly uh, the products and yeah, we have resources. Um, I put out a different blog article, educational post um, every Wednesday. So we actually have one called what is a COA um, and it dives into all the different five panels of COA. Um, We have articles such as the difference between hemp and marijuana, um, the history of the endocannabinoid system. So if you want to learn more about, Raphael Mashulam and kind of how that all came about. Um, I have a big blog post on that. Um, so we do our best to try to educate um, and, and inform. And for me, I talk about the endocannabinoid system so much because people all see CBD and they think that that's the thing, right? But it's not the thing. It's one thing of many that can support your endocannabinoid system and um, eating hemp food is another thing that can do that. So um, one of the ways that we make those endocannabinoids that I was talking about is by breaking down omega-3, 6, and 9 fatty acids. And hemp has been shown to have one of the most perfect ratios of those fatty acids. And so incorporating hemp seeds into your diet or hemp seed oil even is a great way of um, producing your own endocannabinoid systems and um, stimulating yourself from the inside out. So, um, and it's, it's one of the most natural things you can do. Um, if you look at, um, some studies that came out of Stanford, breast milk is full of endocannabinoids. Um, like a mother's breast milk that she gives her child is full of endocannabinoids. And so it's just one more argument for, you know, breast milk over formula or whatever, just because it's more natural. But, um, it's, we're, we start getting endocannabinoids as soon as we're born. Um, and there's been arguments that, before marijuana was vilified and before you had the war on drugs and you had um, the Controlled Substance Act, we were feeding hemp to our pigs. We were feeding it to the cows. It was just part of the ecosystem. So when you had um, eggs or you had a burger or whatever, it was just part of the diet. And so you were kind of getting endocannabinoids and cannabinoids and phytocannabinoids all the time as just living in America. And then all of a sudden, hemp and cannabis were gone just off the face of the earth no longer existed in America. And so we lost a lot of that. And, um, it's, it's just curious for me to, to see it come back. 
and um, see kind of all the ways that people are finding relief from it. And, and you know, we had to get here somehow. And um, it's unfortunate that we had to go through the the long prohibition that we did, but I'm so happy to see that people are realizing this can be used for good. It's not just to get high. It's uh, it's an amazing plant and we're just scratching the surface on what there is to know about it. Yeah. It's so cool. We really are. I mean, it's, it's the therapeutic has so many therapeutic properties that I'm, I'm so happy that it's finally kind of shedding its negative you know, skin that people have always been calling it uh, a bad thing. It's crazy. It really just shows the power of marketing, right? Like in 1850, we had added it to the pharmacopoeia. Like it was in like doctors, when they looked up like possible treatments for things, they would see cannabis in there. And then there was just this smear campaign that just did a wonderful job of reefer madness, <laughs> reefer madness <laughs> that convinced our parents and our parents' parents that it was the devil's lettuce and it would do all these terrible things. And it worked so well. Um, yeah. And so trying to peel all of that back is, is an uphill battle, but I think we're starting to see it kind of get to that other side of that, that hill. So I'm excited about that. As this information comes out and as you know, our generation grows up, we do have the responsibility and we realize TH, when I was younger, I thought THC was for everybody and everybody should do it. And, um, you know, sometimes that isn't the case. Um, there's certain mental disorders that it can trigger and things like that is, is CBD since it's not psychoactive, is it, more accessible for people that may maybe couldn't smoke THC because of maybe the paranoia or, you know, litany of different reasons. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's definitely more accessible. Um, I hesitate to say like anybody and everybody can take it. No, nothing to worry about. Um, obviously there's, it's so new that we're still learning. Um, we're still learning a lot. And I think one of the things that we're still really trying to wrap our heads around is you know, how does it interact with pharmaceuticals? Um, is it okay to take um, if, you know, like, like my mother, um, she's on chemotherapy right now. Is it taking CBD? Is, is there any risk of that um, taken away from the chemotherapy? Or is it just in addition to um, it just helps her with the nausea and some of the side effects of chemotherapy? Um, and we're really, we're, we're still figuring that out. And um, like you said, some THC doesn't agree with some people and, and others, it, it agrees very well with them. And um, I think that's what's so unique about CBD and the endocannabinoid system is we're all so unique and we all um, have our own kind of balance and things that are in balance and things that are out of balance. So really finding what works for you um, is, is important and it's not a one size fits all type thing. Um, but for me, CBD is one of those ones that it's like, it's almost one size fits all, you know, just like you take vitamin C to support your immune system and pretty much anyone can take vitamin C. I look at CBD the same way when it comes to supporting your endocannabinoid system. Mm -hmm. So it comes down to educating yourself and maybe when you're first getting into it, kind of taking baby steps, seeing how your system agrees with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's the other things. Um, there's a, there's a woman named Rachel Knox. Um, she's a genius. 
she is one of that the sounds first, familiar she's one of the first she runs a um a cannabis a medicinal cannabis um treatment center with her family it's a it's a family of doctors the knoxes and um she's claimed to be one of the first endocannabinologists so she studies the function and dysfunction of the endocannabinoid system um and i was watching a podcast that she was on actually in um, she goes in to break down other ways that you can stimulate your endocannabinoid system and what she calls cannabimimetics. Um, and we've already talked about some like exercise. Um, you can stimulate your own body, uh, getting um, two to three tablespoons of hemp seed oil or a high quality fat like that with omega threes and omega sixes in it is another way that you can stimulate your own endocannabinoid system without having to take CBD or THC. Um, walking barefoot in the grass has actually been shown to be a cannabimimetic. called grounding. Yeah. It's uh, it actually stimulates your endocannabinoid system and we can yeah. show that scientifically. So um, it's funny that, you know, for years, everybody's like, oh, yeah, those barefoot hippies. And it's like, oh, maybe they knew more than uh, that you guys ever thought they did. They sure did. <laughs> um, one. Sorry, do you want to go? Yeah, I want to ask a question because we kind of were, again, I'm going back to the questions that some people sent us um, because we're sort of on this topic already. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked, I just started trying CBD products this week. Any tips for new users? Stick with it. Um, stick with it. Some people, uh, it's amazing. Like a movie they've experienced relief or what they're looking for day one. Um, some people experience it day 45. Um, and it's really, it's different for everyone. Um, and you have to, you have to experiment. Um, like I said, there's no one size fits all. Um, you know, the perfect dose for Jeremy might be very different than the perfect dose for me. And what we've seen is there's kind of a bell curve, of relief. So if you find your perfect dose, let's say it's 10 milligrams of CBD a day. If you take more than that, you'll actually experience less relief. If you take less than that, you'll experience less relief. And so it's experimenting and and really finding that perfect dose. Um, And the the guidance there is what we've seen is about 10 milligrams um, a day is a good place to start. But with that said, I would actually start with 16 or 17 milligrams a day. And I say that because uh, it does go through the liver if you're taking a tincture or an edible or anything that's not considered water soluble. Um, And if you're doing that, there's liver breakdown and there is some loss. And so if you take 16 milligrams after that liver breakdown, your body will still get 10 to 14. Mm -hmm. Um, So you'll be able to try that. So um, stick with it. And then experiment with the time of day that you take it as well. So um, CBD can also be biphasic. So if you take a lot of CBD, let's say you take 40 to 100 milligrams, um, it can actually have a a sedative calming effect, help you, you know, relax and and get rest. But if you take a small amount, it can actually have an energetic effect. Um, And again, that all ties back with the endocannabinoid system. If you take CBD in the morning, you stimulate your endocannabinoid system, which works with your internal clock, which works with your circadian rhythm and says, I know it's morning, you need energy, let's give you some of that. So um, it's weird that one thing can both kind of act as like a stimulant and help you get your day going and help you wind down at the end of the night. But it's just because it works on our own internal systems that are way smarter than we ever give them credit for. Cool. Yeah. Um, One other question, a friend sent me uh when i was telling them we were going to do this is he wanted me to ask about cb8 delta 8 probably 
Delta eight. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Delta, Delta eight. He said eight, yeah. that's something new. That yeah. It's, uh, he was interested in. Yeah. Um, Delta eight. So it is new. It is very hot in the industry. Um, it is a, it's a buzzword right now for sure. Um, so Delta nine THC is the THC that we all know, um, that has been studied forever. Um, it's Delta nine tetrahydrocannabinol. Um, Delta-8 is Delta-8 THC. What's interesting about Delta-8 is you can derive it from hemp. Um, you can actually naturally take CBD and degrade it, and it naturally degrades into Delta-8. So it is a, right now it's a legal form of THC, um, and it does have slightly psychoactive effects um there you can do your own research i'm on reddit a lot i don't know if you guys use reddit a lot i do um, and i'm always on forums and reading and there's a lot of people that have reported um amazing stories of delta 8 that says i'm never using delta 9 thc again this is the thc for me i don't have paranoia i don't have anxiety that i sometimes get from delta 9 delta 8's what i'm looking for and so um there's a lot of good that comes out of that but on the flip side of that, there's a lot of bad of, okay, we're starting to sell this legal THC that actually causes a high for some people and we're deriving it from the hemp plant. What does that do for the industry? The FDA is not going to like that. The DEA is not going to like that. Are they going to put a kibosh on the whole industry? Because now how do you control it if you can take CBD and, and turn it into this slightly psychoactive substance? So um, it's again, it's one of those newer cannabinoids. We're just now starting to learn a lot about it. Um, and it's, it's interesting. Um, all those THC um, versions of cannabinoids are all really interesting. Uh, there's another one called THCVA. Um, and I was at a hemp festival and this guy that I was talking to much been 70, um, has been experimenting with cannabis his whole life, knew all about cannabinoids and, and other things. And he told me he had used uh, THCVA and he smoked it, which would have turned it into THCV. Uh, we can talk about that in a little bit more later, but he said it had a heavy psychedelic effect um above and beyond a high it was a, it was a full trip um and it's just with 123 cannabinoids not only do we need to understand each one individually but then we have to understand how do they interact with each other and so it, it's going to be a long time until we have it figured out and so right now you have people um labs in labs and chemists that are figuring out how to at least isolate them and get them out, which is what we're seeing with Delta-8. Um, it seems like a lot of chemists have that figured out of how to uh, produce an isolated Delta-8. And now you have people kind of doing their own research and experimentation with it and um, seeing if it works for them. So um, if you're a, a person that's open to that and you want to experiment with it, I, I think it's okay. I think it just falls back on what we were talking about earlier of just make sure it's, it's safe and it's quality and there's no heavy metals or pesticides in it. Um, mm -hmm. And it, other than that, you should be fine. So it's, it's definitely an interesting one. It's, it's one to keep, keep an eye out on and, and see what happens. Um, I myself have briefly tried it. Um, I didn't notice much, but I take a lot of cannabinoids. So who knows? Is Delta-8, um, does it have CBD in it or is it strictly an isolated THC? 
isolated THC. So it's its okay. own cannabinoid. It's one of those 123 plus that we know of. Um, and it's just its own version of THC. Sorry, one more question. Those 123 cannabinoids, mm -hmm. are they all generally in like a marijuana plant or a hemp plant? And you have to isolate them or, or they, that's where I get confused on the science. Right. So it's really interesting. Um, if you go back to what, what are called some of the land race strains. Um, so land race strains are just strains that have um, not been adulterated, not been crossbred with other things. Um, if you look at them, they have really robust cannabinoid profiles. They have 10% of CBD, 10% of CBG, 10% CBC. They have like these crazy robust profiles of all kinds of different things. But when we discovered in the 60s that THC was the cannabinoid that got us high, man in his infinite wisdom was like, oh, let's just breed cannabis to produce the most THC possible, which is fine. That's exactly what we did. We only saw at the time we had cannabis plants that had four to five percent THC and then they started crossbreeding the highest versions of the plant with the highest versions of THC and as they did that as we talked about earlier the higher in THC you go the lower in CBD you go they're inversely proportional um, so we ended up breeding out a lot of the other cannabinoids to get a higher version of that THC um, and so now that we kind of realized what we did and um, there's, you know, people that are experiencing anxiety and paranoia from THC. There's a theory that if we had those other cannabinoids in there, you wouldn't experience any of those negative side effects, but we bred it that way. And we got rid of all the other cannabinoids that didn't get us high. Um, and in doing so made it a less efficient product, uh, for overall wellness. So now you have, um, people really trying to recreate or find these land race strains and go backwards and go back to those most more robust, uh, cannabinoid profiles. So, um, to further answer your question is it's really strain specific. So like I was saying, there's a strain called cherry wine. It has a very specific profile that it typically produces, um, which would be different than um, a strain, a very popular strain known as Charlotte's Web. Um, it's going to have a different cannabinoid profile. So it might be higher in CBD and lower in CBG, where cherry wine might be higher in CBG, CBC, and CBD. Um, so it's, there's, thousands of different strains and there's people crossbreeding and, and doing things every day. Um, so it's, it's strain specific and it's kind of, um, it, I kind of look at it as, as like cookies. Like, you know, if you have a sugar cookie, you have more sugar than if you have an oatmeal raisin cookie, but oatmeal raisin cookies can have oatmeals and raisins in it. So um, it's all, they're all different and they all kind of come with their own um, individual cannabinoid amounts. Well, since we're on this topic of the different kinds of strains, and you keep also mentioning it, CBG, mm -hmm. which is another uh, listener question. So if somebody wanted yeah. to know, can you talk about a little bit the difference CBD versus CBG? Like what, what, are, what does that mean? Yeah, so that's something that we're still definitely trying to figure out. Um, CBG stands for cannabigerol. Um, and CBG is actually the mother cannabinoid. So as the cannabis plant grows, every cannabinoid starts as CBG. The plant starts out 100% CBG. And then as it matures, it, the 
chemical structures start changing and it turns into this much CBD, this much THC, whatever happens from there. So CBG is, uh, is one of my favorite cannabinoids to do research on. There's a, a ton of studies coming out on it. Um, there's been some studies that have shown it can promote bone growth, so it may be good for osteoporosis. Um, there's uh, studies that show it actually promotes neurogenesis. Um, so if you're someone like me who partied a little too hard in college and maybe killed a bunch of brain cells, CBG might be <laughs> able to help you regrow some brain cells, which is um, exciting. And me personally, I uh, I have one anecdotal story on CBG. I um, dabbed CBG. I had a, a CBG isolate and I had some pretty early on before anyone really knew what CBG was. And I was excited to maybe be one of the first humans to dab CBG. Um, and so I did it and it had a very focusing effect on me for the next four hours. I almost felt like I had taken an Adderall or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. I was straight focused and I was like, maybe that was just me. Maybe that was just a random occasion. So anytime a friend would come over and they were willing, I would be like, you got to try it. And it always was the same way. Um, everyone kind of experienced that same effect. Um, and so there's a lot of people who sell um, like CBG tinctures now and things like that. Um, I don't experience the same effect uh, taking it orally as I did um, dabbing the actual isolate, but um it's, it's a, it's a very interesting cannabinoid. And, um, I think the, the, the bone growth, it's been shown to also, um, maybe be anti-anxiety, um, as well. So, uh, they're all different and they all kind of play their own role. And if I had to guess, and this is purely just me guessing, um, we're all deficient in our own cannabinoids somewhere. Um, and so there's a lot of people that were deficient in CBD and that's why it's blown up in this industry. So huge, um, it's cause we haven't had it our whole life and it, we've been deficient in it, just like you can be deficient in iron or something else. So, um, Nicole, you might be deficient in something, um, like CBG where I might be deficient in CBN and Jeremy's deficient highest in CBC. And so he'll experience the most relief and most results from taking CBC while I'll experience the most results from taking CBN. And it's just one of those really um, diverse um, things that, that we're all just so different. Um, but there are stories. And, and I think that's one of the great things about the industry. And also one of the, the troubling things about the industry is it's hard to know what's just a story um, and, and, and what's not. So CBN is one. I don't know if you guys got any questions on that one. Um, but that there's a lot of products that starting to be made with CBN. And, um, it's purported to be kind of a, a natural sedative or sleep aid. Um, and so you'll see a lot of sleep products coming out into the industry, um, that are high in, in CBN as a cannabinoid. Um, I've taken a few of them and I've slept really well. Um, I, I don't know if one led to the other or not. Um, but there's, there's stories that say CBN, um, may do that. And, and when you look at, um, the natural degradation of cannabinoids, CBN comes out of THC. So if you expose THC to a bunch of heat and light, it turns into CBN. Um, so some people have even gone as far to say 
if you have an old bag of, of marijuana that you find when you're moving out and it's just been sitting for a few years and heat might kind of not stored properly and you smoke it and you get that couch lock effect, it's actually because it's full of CBN now and not as much THC as, as when you had purchased it. So Interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. Um, back to the, a little, just the question before, does the evolution and somewhat of a revolution of the oil pens make it easier to do both CBD and THC at the same time? Yeah. Yeah, I think absolutely. Um, I think even if you want to do that yourself, um, it's never been easier to do so. You can get CBD isolate for on direct hemp, we sell it for $10 a gram of 99.9% um, CBD. There's nothing else in there. And so if you had a THC cartridge, um, you could put it on like a little warmer and, and mix in the isolate. And now you have a high CBD, high THC cartridge that you can use yourself. Um, so you can do both at the same time. Yeah, definitely. Definitely can. Yeah, that, that makes complete sense to me. Just the almost you know because we we can't imagine living in the 50s and 60s um you know because we are living in this time but i'm sure as soon as like you're saying they discovered the psychoactive thc they were like well this is the way to go <laughs> exactly and just like completely taking out the part of it that's like well this is going to make sure you don't yeah have a panic attack or like this is going to keep you chill yeah, exactly. So I think the way nature intended was more of a balance um, than all THC with a little bit of the others. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to see people going back to that. Okay, so uh, we'll just last question for CBD, and then we can touch a little bit on hemp if that's okay with you. Yeah, of course. Um, where do you see the industry going, and where do you hope that it goes? Mm, probably two different answers there. Um, where do I see it going? That is um, very interesting. If we're just talking CBD, I am so curious about that answer myself. I believe eventually we're going to see clear-cut direction from the FDA, um, from the USDA, from the DEA, whoever it has to come from, who will finally get clear-cut direction and regulations. And they'll say, if you want to put CBD in a dietary supplement, you have to follow rules A, B, and C. It has to be produced in a GMP certified lab that's also certified ISO 9000 and produced in a clean room. All of these rules and regulations that currently don't exist. Um, so I think once those regulations come out, it's really going to pave the way for the big guys to hop in. Uh, the Procter and Gambles of the world, the Pepsis of the world, things like that. And then you're gonna see um, Pepsi with 15 milligrams of CBD. You're gonna see Johnson's baby shampoo with 500 milligrams of CBD. Um, that's when you're really gonna see it blow up. What, you, what we've seen so far is just the privatized market of, of people willing to take some risks and um, having to um, pivot and move when new laws and regulations and rules come out. Um, but once we have clear cut direction and it's not, um, kind of a battle between lawyers of, of what the actual law is saying and it's just clear cut. I think you're going to see a lot of the big guys jump in and then a lot of the smaller companies either needing to merge together to survive or 
falling off um, and, and going out of business. So that's what I believe will happen. What, what I want to see happen um, is a lot more research and education. Um, I think with, with the boom of the industry, a lot of people saw it as kind of the new gold rush or green rush. Um, and so a lot of people got into it for what I believe to be the wrong reasons, um, just to make a quick buck. And um, I'd really like to see um, companies pop up that are just studying it all day long and studying what happens if we do this and this on this, what happens if um, we combine these two cannabinoids before going to sleep um, and really just learning as much as we can because we have so far to go and so much to learn um, that there, we're going to have to have companies that are specifically doing just that. Um, so that's, that's really what I'd like to see out of the industry. It's interesting that you say that because it's it is true that all of a sudden when CBD was legalized everywhere, you just literally it felt like overnight you started seeing all these CBD stores on like every corner. It's like there's like a gas station and then a CBD store and then like a coffee shop and a CBD store and they're just everywhere. And and for me, um, as a consumer, it feels a little like oh, it's well, off the market, right? Like yes, it's like <laughs> why why all of a sudden does everybody want had to own a CBD store. Obviously there's a lot of money to be made in this industry. Yeah. And to me, it, it's like, I don't, I don't ever really know. I don't know what CBD store to walk into because just on Gallatin, like the street that we live off of, there's like five CBD stores in like a two mile radius. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Um, there's a ton of people that got in and then being in the industry, especially early in the industry, it was maddening for me because um, you know, I've, I've said a lot of stuff on your podcast today that could be seen as a claim and I'm comfortable doing that because this is your podcast and you'll put it on out on your channels and I won't put it out on mine and I can't put it out on mine. And that's because the one thing the FDA has been very strict about since the beginning of the industry is they do not allow people to make claims. So I can't make an advertisement. I can't even allow a review on my website for if someone says, I took this tincture last night and I slept so amazing, slept like a baby for the first time in years, I have to delete that review because the FDA sees that as a claim since that's my website. I push that out. I publish that website. They're saying you're making an unverified claim that hasn't been backed by our study. So you can't do that. Even though there's thousands of studies out there, I've even put studies that have .gov links on a website and gotten reached out to by the FDA and said, take them down immediately. Those are claims. That... So what <laughs> my yeah. head just exploded because like I go on Amazon and I'm looking at like shroom tech sport and all of these other uh, things that are supposed to be good for you. And all the reviews are like, my memory is <laughs> doubled and I can speak French now. And yeah, and is yeah. That it's uh, it was so interesting. Um, and then you have all these companies that are popping up overnight that don't care and they'll just make claims all day long. And they'll say, this helps you with anxiety and this helps you sleep. And this can cure your mom's cancer. And I'm like, guys, like that is terrible for the industry. First of all. And like, it felt like, we, you know, we were trying to do things the right way. So I felt like I was just like sitting at the starting line while everyone else had already gone and I'm still waiting for the gun to go off. Like I'm trying to do things right. And so um, you'll see a lot of CBD products on Amazon too, um, but they'll never be called CBD products. You can't type in CBD. So they keep CBD off their labels. Some companies even make um, different labels to sell explicitly on Amazon. 
And so they'll just call it hemp extract oil or something like that mm. um, so that they can sell it on Amazon because Amazon's okay with hemp, not okay with CBD. And so they'll just take all the CBD wording out to be able to sell it on Amazon. So there actually are some good products on Amazon and there's a lot of bogus ones on there. So um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't buy my products off Amazon at the end of the day. If you find a good product on Amazon, they have their own website where you can find the COAs and everything else. So uh, until they officially adopt a policy of of allowing CBD, um, I wouldn't get off Amazon, which is interesting because they own Whole Foods, which sells CBD as well now, at least. Mm -hmm. That is interesting. That's true. I didn't think about that. Go to (laughs) directhemp.com. Well, now that you've said you can't make any of these claims, I, I did want to ask you, is there kind of um, a general, if people were curious about beginning to incorporate CBD in their in their supplements or in their daily lives, who who would be a good candidate for taking CBD in tinctures or any form that you could take it in? And kind of what, what benefits would you see? Or are you really even allowed to say these things? Um, I can say I'm on your podcast. Um, I'm, I'm not uh, on my own. So um, you you can actually look up every warning letter the FDA has ever sent about claims. Um, If you just type in FDA CBD warning letters, they have a whole database. Um, And that's what I've done to educate myself on, on what they're looking for. Um, but when it comes to, you know, who should take CBD, um, it's goes back to what I said earlier, you know, just like you take vitamin C to supplement your immune system. I believe everyone should be incorporating CBD, um, in some way to supplement their endocannabinoid system. So, um, you know, if you're an athlete and you want quicker recovery, people have reported that CBD helps with that. And maybe it's just because it gives you deeper sleep. Maybe it's just because your endocannabinoid system is balancing the rest of your body. But, um, I've, I've heard a friend who's also in the industry, um, compare the endocannabinoid system to kind of, um, like the conductor of an orchestra, and all the different sections are the different sections of your body. So your, the brass section might be your respiratory system. I mean, the horn, the um, violins or the string section might be your um, skeletal system. And um, the endocannabinoid system is the orchestrator that's saying, okay, let's, let's all get it on balance. Let's all get in perfect timing and um, work together to, to make music together. So um, that's really what the endocannabinoid system is. So if you can do anything to, to stimulate that and CBD has been shown to be great at that, um, I really think everyone should take it and, uh, even children. Awesome. Which is okay. one thing on the children, there is a study and there's all kinds of studies. So if you want to do your own education, um, PubMed is a great source for actual .gov scientific studies that have been done on CBD. Um, there's been studies that have shown, um, kids with autism have less endocannabinoids than kids without statistically significant number of endocannabinoids, less of them than kids without. And so there is a, a doctor named Dr. Ethan Russo who um, proposed that maybe there's uh, endocannabinoid deficiency and a lot of things like fibromyalgia, like ADD, ADHD, things like this, maybe that's really just a symptom of a clinical endocannabinoid deficiency syndrome and not actually those things. And maybe that's why we've seen such an increase in some of those things over the past few years because 
cannabis has been under prohibition for so long. And so um, it's it's a theory. We'll, we'll see if it comes true uh, in the next chapter, uh, but it's it's an interesting one. So I just have a couple of questions on hemp. Yeah. I think hemp is one of the coolest things in the world. Uh, one quick question. Like after you isolate the CBD from the hemp, is that hemp still viable to be used in other ways? Like, can it still be used to make clothing or I don't know what, yeah. all the things that hemp can be used for? Yeah. Um, it's called spent hemp. Um, and there is, um, a lot of different things you can do with it. Um, at the end of the day, they're grown differently. If you're growing specifically for, textiles or fabrics or ropes or um, even concrete or plastics, um, you're going to want to grow more industrialized hemp, um, which are going to be the big, long, tall plants that grow in rows that you can harvest with farming agriculture equipment like combines and everything else, um, where if you're growing for cannabinoid production, if you're growing, um, let's say you want to produce a lot of CBD or you you get a specific strain and you want to produce a lot of CBG, those plants grow kind of more like um, their own individual bushes. You have to do a lot of hand planting. Some people have come up with ways to kind of retrofit uh, modern farming equipment to do this, but they're really grown almost as separate plants, although they're both considered hemp. Um, the the textiles and um, even food, even if you're just trying to get a bunch of hemp seed, um, you grow that in almost an industrialized way where you can have them all equally planted in rows and then you just have a combine come and, and pick them all up. Um, but yeah, you can use every single part uh, of the, the hemp plant. Um, the stalks and stems don't have a ton of cannabinoids in them um, from the get-go. They're very, very small concentrations. So you can turn those into rope, uh, very, very strong rope. And there's actually a gentleman in um, Nor New Jersey, I believe, that has come up with a hemp graphene, um, which if you've researched graphene at all, graphene's like this crazy substance that's stronger than steel, but smaller than an atom. And um, he's been able to do the same thing with hemp. Um, so all kinds of crazy uses that are That's come so out with cool. him. Like uh, awesome. every time I'm in the shower and I see all the plastic bottles around me and stuff, I just can't wait until the day where technology's here, where that can be all hemp and it's biodegradable and we're not just messing up the world with all it's this plastic. It's so cool. It's so cool to think that that could be the direction that we go in to help save this planet. Oh, that absolutely. Is the, the direction we have to yeah. go in. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Firmly believe Okay, that. so this is a selfish question for me. <laughs> Uh, we use like a vegan, I think like pea protein. Yeah. And I've heard so many good things about hemp protein and I just don't know enough about it. And it's always just a little bit more expensive. So what, what is the benefit of a hemp? You sell hemp protein on your website? Not currently, but coming soon. Okay. Coming, coming very soon. Coming soon. Um, Hemp protein is amazing, first of all. Um, is it – all right, I'll tell you the good stuff first. So hemp protein is high in what's known as adestin protein. Um, and there's a study that came out of Stanford as well. And adestin protein has actually been shown in studies to not only repair muscle but to repair DNA. Um, so 
the implications mm-hmm. of that are crazy, right? Wow. Um, and so it's the only protein source that you can get a Destin protein from. Um, so it's one of those ones that I think everyone should supplement in their diet. Um, me personally, I like, uh, when I'm, you know, practicing fitness, I like to bodybuild a lot and I like to try to build muscle and, and, um, for that hemp might not be the best, um, way still might be better. And that's just because of the amino acid profiles. Um, and so again, it's at the end of the day, it's a supplement. You, you should still have a great diet foundation first. Um, and then if you need to supplement to get some protein, um, hemp protein is, is going to be great for that, especially with the adestin. And it is a complete protein. It does have all the essential amino acids that you need. Um, so mm-hmm. what I've looked into in the past is there's ways to make it um, a really complete source. And, and what it's lacking in hemp um, can be made up by either quinoa or red bean protein. Um, So if you mix the two, you're getting a really, really robust amino acid profile that you could use to basically make a a meal replacement with. Um, So hemp protein is um, getting a lot better. I don't know how many you've tried, but um, years ago, it was almost impossible to even palate it. It was so like planty and just full of chlorophyll and hard to drink. Um, earthy. Very, very earthy. That's a good word for it. Um, and now it's, it's getting a lot better now that we're getting in higher concentrations. Um, there's actually a company out of Colorado, Evo, um, and they have a, a hemp protein that's at 90% concentration. Um, so it has a lot of that chlorophyll and, and earthiness out of it and you get, you know, really just the protein. So, um, it's the technology is getting there and I'm, I'm very excited about that. Um, cause I think hemp protein and like we said before, um, hemp seeds and hemp seed oil is great to add to your diet. Um, I add hemp seeds to almost everything that I eat, whether it's pasta or ice cream or oatmeal in the morning. I always just like, why not? They don't, they don't add any like bad flavor or anything else. They just add nutritional benefits. So I put them on everything. Yeah. We use hemp seeds to your hemp hearts, which I guess it's the same yeah, same thing, thing. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a great source of protein. We're vegan. So yeah. it, it's helpful any way that we can add in little bits of protein throughout the day. Um, and that's a great way yeah. to do that. Well, and that's the thing is like with, with so many people making more plant-based decisions, um, for me, hemp is that, that missing link that we've been missing, right? Like, um, how else do I get the protein that I need? And, um, I've been slowly working my way towards kind of a fully plant-based diet. And that was, um, for me, when, when hemp came about, I was like, Oh, now everything makes sense. This is what I didn't see before of like, how can I make this work? Um, hemp came, came in and it's like, Oh, I'm high in protein and I have all eight essential amino acids and I'm like everything else. And I was like, okay, that's how a plant-based diet like can work is, is hemp's yeah. that like secret key. Yeah. And a B12 supplement. And a B12 supplement. Very, very important. <laughs> um, you're following a plant-based diet. I think this po- podcast, ha- I mean, you should do this for a living or I, something. Yeah. I, uh, like, I feel so educated. Yeah. I feel like this is a master, like a master class. Yes. You know, you know your shit, Dan. And I mean, I honestly, I'm not ever going to buy CBD from anybody else ever again. Yeah. <laughs> so, How about we do well, this? We can- <laughs> Dope Yogi listeners, I'll do it tonight. So it's not active yet because I just thought of it. 
20% off for all Dope Yogi listeners. Use coupon code Dope Yogi and you can get 20% off direct head. Oh my God, that's so nice of you. Thank <laughs> you. Is, we might be using we'll, that. <laughs> we'll be using that for sure, but that's very exciting. Dope Yogi gets a 20% discount on directhub.com. The, the first yeah. discount code ever. Um, okay, so this has been amazing. If there's anything that you want to leave the listeners with, we will uh, present you the stage. If there's anything you want to say or just like... Um, no, I really just want to thank you both for, for thinking of me and, and bringing me on the show. Uh, it's a great opportunity, and I love the opportunity just to talk to you guys regularly off camera. So uh, the ability Same. to do this yeah. on camera <laughs> has been great. Um, and, and really, if you want to educate yourself, uh, the one thing I'd, I'd take out of this is um, that documentary I talked about. You can find it on YouTube. It's called The Scientist. It's about uh, Raphael Mashulam, and it will just really open your eyes to like, oh, we've known about CBD. We've known about the endocannabinoid system for a while but we don't teach it in medical schools we don't teach it to our doctors what's going on um and it might light a fire in you like it did in me and then um who knows you, you can build your own cbd company or hemp company and you'll be next on the dope yogi podcast <laughs> awesome man well, we appreciate it thank you it. so much yeah. for your time and just sharing your knowledge and educating us on this industry that, you know, there's a lot of information out there. And, but I do feel like I have a much clearer understanding of how I can use it safely and um, where to go. Yeah. To find products that are, I could trust. So great. Yeah, great. Thank you. Well, I'm glad you guys got something out of it. And again, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you guys. And thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, actually like it for us give us like a thumbs up on itunes that really helps our rating so more people can find our awesome content and subscribe and dan if um they want to follow you on instagram is it at direct hemp yep. or just at direct hemp um i'd have to look up our facebook um we'll put it in your show notes later i'll send yeah, it yeah you. for sure instagram is definitely at direct hemp all right cool thank you so much thank you, dan. Thank you both have a great night you too.